are listening to the official podcast of Resurgence Initiatives, inspiring people to arise together. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com. Uh, before I start tonight, my name is Travis, um, and I, I want to I want to share a little bit about something that we're doing in June. Um, we, for uh, many years, Resurgence is heading into our tenth uh, year. In October, we'll celebrate ten years gathering in the city and believing God to move, and that's incredible. And um, how many how many of you were there when we started ten years ago? You were there, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. There's there's some hands across this room. And um, 10 years. And so we, for many years, said, hey, we're not going to do a conference. There's lots of conferences happening. There's lots of things happening. And we started to just really kind of resist that. And then we started to ask the question, well, what, what would we do? What would a gathering look like that was just not Edmonton? But a lot of pastors said, hey, we can't come to Resurgence once a month, but we'd come to something yearly. And so we started to kind of dream and go, what would it be? And we actually thought, well, it wouldn't be a conference, and we wouldn't call it a conference. And then we thought, well, if we don't call it a conference, everyone's going to ask us what it is. And then we're going to have to explain, well, it's a conference, but it's not a conference. So... We looked up the word what conference means, and it means to confer, to come together. And so we, we wanted to do something that was really relational, was basically a gathering of friends. There's something incredible when friends come into a room, and, and there's friends that hang out and friends that grow together in God. And so uh, last year we dreamed up this idea, what would it be like if we invited friends, dreamers, and leaders into a, into a room and see what God would do? And we, we did conference like, like different than we've, we've seen, and we did it around circles. And so when you came, everybody was sitting in a circle. We just, we thought it's going to be a Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday, and it's going to be a chance to confer, but there's going to be open spaces where actually it's not just come to a buffet and just try to get something and leave and then apply it to your life, but how, how do we actually have more like a potluck approach where each of us have an incredible thing that we carry in God, we each have a voice, and how do we see these voices come out in our community? And so that's what we did is we, we experimented with our first conference, and uh, last June we, we gathered uh, our resurgence conference, and, and it was incredible. And if many people were like, oh, i got to take Friday off, uh, that's, that's a big ask. And, and yet, something happened when we started Thursday night, I could realize everybody that was there paid a price to be there. And something happens when you pay a cost to do something. When you, when you go vulnerable, when you actually risk something, something happens. And when we hit Saturday night, there was such the presence of God was in the room. God did something. And so we're gathering again. We're doing our second conference. And I, I just want to invite each one of you to be part of this. Would you pray about being part of this? We, we've invited some friends. We've invited uh, Ben and Kelly Smith, Bread and Wine, good friends of ours. Uh, Tara, who's on our lead team, is going to be sharing. Karis and the team, Dean. We have Yari. We have lots of people in our community that are going to be that are going to be sharing but then we'll have all these different things like late night hangouts food included all these things you can see it all on our website but but we also invited uh, Lauren Cunningham and uh, we met Lauren a couple years ago and as we were praying I just felt who do we need to invite and we invited Lauren Lauren founded YWAM uh, is an incredible general we're really honored to have Lauren and, and believe that that he's carrying something to impart to us another generation. 
He's been on every single nation of the world and every island. He's met uh, prime ministers to kings to princes throughout the world. Um, he carries something. And, uh, and I believe God's going to do something. And as we prayed about a theme, Ezekiel 37.10, last year we talked about, and breath came. And if you keep reading the verse, it says, and breath came, and they stood to their feet. We believe that God has called us to stand to our feet to stand in our identity, to stand in our purpose. There's something when you stand where your head is aligned actually over your body, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it, it's the right way. And I feel like God is calling us as a movement, is calling us individually. How do we stand in what he's called us to do? And also stand in mission. And, and we're going to focus on mission and how to see souls and how to see Canada and see nations reached. And so I encourage you, um, registration is open. People have been registering actually all weekend or all week. It's been open. And, um, and don't miss it. We have limited attendance. But I would love every one of you to be part of this. This is going to be, there's people coming from out of town already making plans. And so um, you have a card in front of you. You can go to our website even now and you can register. There's an early bird rate. We wanted to make it as, as, as cost effective as possible so that everyone can come. And so um, come, bring a friend, be part of this. We'd love to have you there. And um, so good. Um, February was a busy month for resurgence. And uh, part of that is I have the incredible opportunity to travel out. And in February, I got to go to uh, um, a church in Calgary, uh, Amplified and Pursuit Conference. Anybody here from there? Gifty Asia. There's some others. Who was there? Anyone in here? Raise your hand. Yeah, there's a few of you guys. Good to see you. It was incredible to be there for three nights. Four days later, I jumped on a plane and headed to Iqaluit on Baffin Island and I preached in three communities. Um, in those two, those two things in February, I saw 52-plus first-time decisions for Jesus. And uh, give God praise for that. And uh, some incredible miracles, breakthroughs, and awesome. But thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your giving. Uh, your giving makes it possible. Your partnership, those that are praying and supporting, makes things like this possible. And we're going to believe for more. Uh, last year, we saw 110 people come to Jesus through the ministry of resurgence. And, and alone, now we're at 52. And, and we're, we're not quite halfway through the year. So we're believing for an increase. We're believing for God to do something. And, and I'll talk about that. So God is good. And... Um, Tonight, I, I want to share something that I've, um, that God's put on my heart, and um, it's something that I've actually, um, I've, I've, I've really wrestled strongly with this. I, I was supposed to speak um, earlier in the year. Uh, we hit February, and I said, no, we need to get Jim. Can you come speak? You know, and Jim came and gave an incredible word. If you haven't listened to it, listen to the podcast. But I just, there's this word that God had put in my heart in December, and um, I felt it was strongly for, for me. It was strongly for the community, and it was strongly for each one of us. And, and that word is establish, to be established. The word establish, and, and you know, each year I pray, God, what are you saying for this year? What are you saying? I see here is the year of mobilization, and you know, one year it was a year like trust, and what does that mean, and hope, and, and all these things, but for me, the word that God really spoke to me was established. What does it mean to be established? And when you think of that word, you may think of a lot of different things. You may think of uh, getting established in your career, getting established with your feet on the ground, um, having your dreams figured out, getting your education, graduating from university. Uh, maybe it's moving out of your parents' basement. Um, 
I think there's something to that, especially getting out of the basement. You know, whatever established looks like for you, um, there's something about being established, learning to stand on your own feet and finding your ground to, to walk in. And, um, but I sense God wants to establish us tonight. He wants to establish each one of us tonight. He wants to establish me. He wants to establish you. But he wants to establish resurgence in, in a greater way. And um, tonight he wants to establish something in our hearts. And in the Bible, the word establish actually um, has a few definitions. It, it means to make fast, to establish beforehand, to make trustworthy, hence to establish, to make to stand, to stand near, to confirm, to make firm, to be made secure, to arise, to set in place. Can I just pray before we go on? Holy Spirit, I, I thank you that it's you that establish. I thank you that your presence is in this place. I thank you that the undeniable presence of you is in this place, that the glory of the Lord is here. And God, I just thank you for what you want to do in every single one of us tonight. I thank you for the healing. I thank you for the breakthrough. I thank you for the establishment of hearts, minds, bodies, souls. I thank you, God, that you are doing something significant tonight. God, I thank you. So we come against every distraction in our minds and our hearts. God, everything that would distract us from hearing your word. God, we, we surrender our hearts, our lives. That God, you would speak that our, that our hearts would be fertile soil for your words and your seeds to go deep. Everybody said in, in, in um, thing, the way things are established, start with the word, the word. Um, in Genesis 1, it was in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In verse 2, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Everything God establishes starts with a word. It starts with the Word. The Spirit of God was hovering over the deep, the darkness, the formless, waiting to touch down until there was a Word. He said, let there be light, and then there was light. He, he then made man in his own image, as we read on, in the image of God. See, God um, spoke a Word, and He established us. He established mankind. He established us. Our identity, who we are, was established in the image of Him. We were established in his image. See, God is a creator, and he created us in an ability to build. He built us in, with an ability to build, to establish, to follow his lead and create. Um, we have the ability with our words, with our, with our lives to work, to establish the future. That's what humans, the ability of humans, we can create the future. Um, as we read on in Genesis, Cain uh, killed his brother Abel. And um, it said that in his anger, he went and built a whole city. <laughs> he just, oh, okay, I'm angry. I'm going to go build a city. <laughs> okay, that's easy. This isn't like Sim City, you know. <laughs> he went and built a city. Like, this isn't Settlers of Catan. It wasn't that easy. Like, he went and built a whole city. And then it goes on. Jabel, Jabel started the first mountain equipment co-op. <laughs> I mean, he goes and he's like, he goes, let's build tents. He, tents are a good idea. I'm going to make a tent. And, and in Genesis, it says that he went and made tents. And he also went and said, let's like have livestock. I want to have livestock. So he's the guy that was founded like farming and livestock. 
And then it says his, his brother Jubal. I mean, they were very creative with the names. Jabel, Jubal. And Jubal is like, this is cat gut is pretty cool. I should make a harp. So out of no idea of what a harp or a guitar would be like, he goes and makes the first harp. And he's like, I like a harp. And harps are cool, but we need another instrument. And, and he makes the flute. And it says that he played the harp and the flute, and he was known for that. And then another, uh, I think it was his other brother, um, or another relative, Tubal Cain, he, he made tools out of bronze. He's like, I'm not into the cat cut thing. I'm not in the Mount Koyman Co-op. I'm making tools. I'm a man. I'm going to make tools. So he makes tools out of bronze and iron, and, and he becomes this, like, iron worker. And, um, see, they created something. They invented something. They dreamed something from nothing that they never saw before. See, they established the future. And notice when God um, made Adam and Eve, he said, there's, there's this wonderful garden, but there's no one to work the garden. There's no one to, like, till the land. There's no one that can actually work it. And he created an Adam and Eve, and it says he created them to actually work and take care of the land. I, I think we need a better understanding of our theology in terms of work. We need to understand that, that, that you know, um, the word leads to work. <laughs> the, the word leads to work. And I think we can say, you know, striving is, is a posture, a heart posture. And I think we can get confused and be like, oh, we, we don't want to strive. We, we don't want, but, but we get confused because work isn't a bad thing. We do need to be secure. We have to be so secure in our identity as sons and daughters. We don't have to earn a love that we already have. We have his love. So we don't have to strive in our heart. But, but there's something I think that we can be lazy and call it striving. <laughs> we can be like, oh, I don't want to be striving. I'll just sit here on my lazy boy and do nothing <laughs> because I, I want to just, you know, be at rest. That's laziness. <laughs> See, you can be a hard worker and have a position and a posture of rest in your heart. Yeah. See, it's a heart posture. And, and it's, it's about, and I think, you know, you're actually, I would say, we're a better workers and we're harder workers when we actually have a posture of rest, but then we can actually work and, and carry out. Because what is work? Work is worship to God. He created us to work. He created us to work the garden. So in our jobs, instead of fighting them and saying, oh, it's my job, I just want to be at church all the time, it's actually worship. It's actually pleasing to the Lord. He, he, he called us to this. And so um, here's the thing is that because you know him, not to just know about him, but know him, because we know him, we know his ways, I think we can actually work more efficiently. We can work with the Spirit of God. There can be discernment, efficiency, breakthrough that others will not have because we're, we're working with him. We're, we're building together. We're called to establish with him together. It's a partnership to create. See, he's called us to establish things on earth as it is in heaven. See, Psalm 90, verse 17, May the favor of the Lord, our God, rest on us, establish the work of our hands, for yes, establish the work of our hands. Then it goes on, Proverbs 16, 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. See, the key to establishment is Jesus. Um, jo John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. John 1.14 says, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. 
See, the Word actually establishes everything. Jesus is the Word, as we read. And thoughts and ideas in our minds, they, they don't happen, they don't become physical until they're actually spoken word. The Bible talks about Logos, this, the spoken word of God. For, for God the Father worked through God the Son, Jesus, to establish creation. There was an establishment. See, Jesus came to earth. He died to pay the ultimate price for every single one of us. Jesus didn't die for junk. He paid the incredible value for each one of us. See, we can become righteous because of the grace of God. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Not our own works. See, Jesus established, we can be established in Jesus. We can know our identity as sons and daughters because of the glorious work that he did on the cross. And we can rightfully take our place. Um, Isaiah 54, 14 says, In righteousness, how are we righteous? Because of what Jesus did. Because of the cross, because of the goodness of God, how he, he died and we weren't worthy of it, and he, and he paid the price, incredible value. You shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear from terror. For it shall come, not come near you. It's interesting how fear leads to oppression. It's not the other way around. See, to be established in something is to have something as your very foundation for security. And, and, and so God wants us to know and be sure of our foundation in Christ Jesus. That the, that the cross, the revelation of the righteousness that, that, that happened through the cross makes it possible for us to be established. It's by that perfect sacrifice of the cross we each can be established in him. See, our future is established um, because of what Jesus does in our life. And I think many times we... Um, we come to Jesus and, and we let our focus be on the past. And, and, and if you've been to Resurgence, you know our passion and heart and my heart for inner healing, for dealing with things that we've grown up with, upbringings, whether it's shame, whether it's doubt, whether it's fear, if there's uh, parent things, things we've grown up with, out of father or mother or whatever, we believe really strongly it's important to get healed. Go see a counselor, get healing, get that root dealt with. But the problem is, at some point, you have to move forward. At some point, if we're always focusing on the past, the, the past can be bigger than the future. The past can be the thing, oh, dealing with my shame again in this relationship, dealing with that. It's time to actually see the cross become real in our hearts and, and create a foundation so that we can be secure and be established in what he wants us to be. See, we can always be looking to the past. Well, i got to deal with this again. This came up again. It's, it's time to move forward. It's time to see Jesus, not, not the past. See, is, is the shame bigger? Is the doubt bigger? Is Jesus bigger? Is the sin bigger? Is it Jesus? Jesus paid it all. And, and there's a reality that we have to receive his grace. We have to receive the goodness of God. Grace, isn't, grace, grace is a gift. And, and um, someone came up to me one time at an altar and says, well, you know, I didn't live a really good life. I made some choices, some relationships. I lived with this person. I did this. this is, I went to prison, all this stuff. Um, so I can't live God's preferred plan for my life. I have to live plan number two. And I'm like, really? Wow. Why, why do you think that? Well, because, like, I made choices. Okay. Well, here's the thing. God's grace covers it. God's grace means you don't have to live plan two. You can live plan one still. 
There are consequences of things you've done, yes, but it's time to put that away and say, God, I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness. I receive that because of you, it's possible. See, there's nothing that can limit your future in Christ Jesus. We're made by his image. We're seated at the right hand of the Father. The power is in the name of Jesus. It's time to exercise our, who our true identity is as sons and daughters, create the future, and look forward and say we're going to move towards what God's called us to be. Um, it's a green light season. Maybe you feel it's been red or yellow. I just sense God saying it's green light season. It's green. The, the word is go into all the world. The word is go. Let, let, we, we let fear hold us back. Well, should I go or shouldn't I go? Should I go or shouldn't I go? I'm not sure what to do. God says go. It's time to step into everything he's called us to do. It's time to be established in what he's called us to do. If there's a word that he's spoken over your life, he's saying it's time to step into the word, to take the word for what it's at and say, God, I trust for what the prophet said. I trust for what the word says, and I'm stepping into it. It's time to go. It's time to be bold and not think fearfully. See, to see establishment happen in our lives, it involves faith. The word is key, but it's also a step of faith is needed. And, and um, I think of Noah. Noah got a word. <laughs> Build a boat 450 feet wide by um, 75 feet, uh, 450 feet long by 75 feet wide by 45 feet high. They say for Noah to build that boat out of gopher wood, he would need 6,000 to 7,000 average-sized trees. That's crazy. <laughs> um, and so here he, here's Cod. He has to mill all those trees, cut them all down, create a boat out of all those trees. God asked him to build a boat in the middle of the desert. And I just think, I was thinking this week about, like, think about his neighbors, <laughs> You think, you know, the average neighbor, Bob and Sally, they live next to Noah. And Bob goes, hey, Sally, our neighbor's, like, doing some weird stuff over there. Oh, yeah, Bob? What's he doing? Oh, I saw him, like, dragging trees. Oh, oh, yeah, what's he doing over there? I don't know. Do you think he's building a hot tub? I've always wanted a hot tub. I wonder if he's getting a hot tub. No, no, Bob, it looks bigger than a hot tub. Well, well, maybe it's a pool. Maybe he's building a pool. It'd be nice to have a pool. Maybe he'll let us go in the pool. Oh, yeah, no. Um, it's, it's getting bigger, Sally. I, I, I'm wondering what's going on. Does he have a development permit? I'm going down to the city, and I'm going to see what's going on because he's dragging trees. I wake up at 8 in the morning, and there's noise coming from his yard. I mean, he needs to get a development permit. He needs to go to that. We need to get the inspector out to see if he's... And, and so then Sally goes, well, Bob, why don't you just go over? It's been a year he's been building this. Why don't you just go over and see what he's doing? Okay, I'll go over. So Bob goes over, hey, Noah, Noah what, what are you doing? I'm building a boat. <laughs> okay. Why are you building a boat, Noah? God told me. Oh, okay. We're in the desert, Noah. Yep, God told me. Okay. Bob comes home, and I imagine this conversation... Sally's like, so Bob, what, he, what, what, what did he say? Um, he's building a boat. Our neighbor is pure mental. Our neighbor is nuts. Our neighbor is crazy. Call the psych ward, get him arrested. This is nuts. It's said that it would probably, they, they figured it took him 65 years to build that ark. 
for 65 years, their neighbor was building a boat in the middle of a desert. See, Noah was blameless. He was a righteous man who walked with God. And God gave him a word. But the next thing Noah did is he had a choice. Do I follow the word or what do I do with the word? Do I respond in faith or do I respond in fear? See, it's not logical. It's not logical. He lives in a desert. And, um, you know, real faith means you look like a fool. <laughs> it's putting your efforts in the future, not your efforts in the past. Faith means work. The amount of work he had to do to build that boat, sweat, sawing down all these trees, all his neighbors think he's pure mental. Like, you're crazy. Do, 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 do. You know, like that crazy. And, um, so you can't have faith and fit in the crowd. Real faith is building an ark in a desert with no rain. Real, real faith is um, then getting in it seven days before there still is no rain and getting every animal two by two that really stink and closing the door, you know, and there's still no rain. That's crazy. Imagine the smell, and you're like, okay, God, I trust you. You said this. See, it looks stupid, but the rain hasn't happened yet. See, God wants to establish us. God wants to establish me. God wants to establish you. God wants to establish this community in a greater way. Um, but the call is to take the word, the promise, and, and that voice in our heart and actually step in faith when there's no rain in sight. What does that look like? Psalm 1 declares that whoever meditates and delights in the word of God will be like a tree planted by a stream, and whatever he does will prosper. See, faith is the trigger. Faith is the, is the trigger to it all. If you don't step, if you don't build it, if you don't respond to the word of the Lord, then God can't do something with it. God can't build it. God can't establish it. God, God can't, can't use it. See, it doesn't prosper without the doing Whatever you do prospers. You have to do something. See, faith is a step of doing. Faith is taking the word for what it is and stepping into it. See, God's word is sure. God's promises don't change. Despite what we can see in the natural, you need to declare the word. We need to declare the word. To establish means to trust God without a backup plan. Not, oh, I'm going to trust God, but I have six other plans if that doesn't work out. That's not trusting. Hebrews says that faith actually comes from God as well. He's the author and finisher, author and perfecter of our faith. So um, not only does God give us a word and expect us, he doesn't expect us to muster up some faith. He actually has faith in stock too. He, he supplies the word and faith. But we just have to step in and receive that. So God does, just doesn't give us the word, but he actually supplies the faith. He actually supplies the ability for us to have faith. It looks stupid, but the rain hasn't hit yet. It, it looks crazy. It looks pyramidal, but the rain hasn't hit. Your dream looks crazy. Your breakthrough looks impossible. The mountain in my life seems immovable, but the reality is the rain hasn't hit yet. We say the word Edmonton will be saved. We say these ideas that Canada will be saved. That seems crazy, but the rain hasn't hit yet. Um, Jim, Jim Hall, great friend of ours, House of Prayer, shared at the last resurgence. He shared um, in February. He said this 
And I just loved what he said. He says, when you've contended for years and years, and you don't see the thing you contended for happen yet, the question is, what will you do? And he talked about revival. As you pray for the rain, as you pray for revival, and you contend and you contend, and yet you still haven't seen the full fruition of it yet. The question is, what do you do? What do you do in the space in between, as as Dave Matthews would say, between the word and the realization? The word in our heart and, and that faith journey and then the actual realization. You know something deep in your heart. For Noah, it was 65 years of building this thing, day in, day out with a word, building it with a word. See, it's that process. Some call that process the crucible of faith. Um, And he wants to remind us all that he's doing something in our hearts. He's growing root systems. When we think that it's, it's nothing's happening, God is actually doing something. And I feel like he wanted to remind every one of us tonight, God is doing something. When you don't think anything's happening, it's in that season that he's building the root system. He's building the things deep inside of us. One of the definitions of establish is to make trustworthy. He, he, he's building that establishment inside of us. We think establishment is the end, but it's actually the process that God uses. God establishes us. It's not be established room and, and finished. It's an establishment. He's establishing us. In, in the vineyards in, um, in Kelowna and different vineyards in California, they do a, a process called stress watering. And stress watering is a way that they, they actually stress the, the great plant. Because they find when they stress it, it causes the roots to go deeper. And the roots go deeper, the fruit gets better. They get better grapes. They get better fruit out of it. They get better wine because they stress water it. See, God is developing our character. God's developing stuff on the inside so he can do stuff on the outhouse. He's developing the in-house so he can do something on the outhouse. And stay true to the process. God is at work. He's faithful to complete the word he started in you. He started a good word, and he's going to see it faithful to the end. He, he, He finishes the work he starts. See, you can have a word and you can have faith, but the reality is at the end of it, you need a miracle. We need a miracle. And, and um, Mark 16, Jesus said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes, king cobras, with their hands, and they will drink deadly poison, and it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will all get well. Or they will get well. I put all in there, okay? Um, See, so miracles follow those that are believed and are saved. It says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and these signs will accompany those that believe. Um, The Bible is a miracle book. God is a miracle worker. Jesus Christ was a miracle and, and, and is a miracle. And if we take the supernatural out of Christianity, we have religion. Um, Miracles are not out of harmony, out of the desire inside each one of us as human beings. They're actually made. I love what E.W. Kenyon says. He says, this love of the miraculous is not a mark of ignorance, but rather an outreaching after the unseen God. 
Education does not eliminate the desire for the miraculous in man. That desire is intensified as education unveils man's impotence in the presence of the laws of nature and shows him his utter dependence upon the unseen. It's not a mark of great scholarship, piety, or mental acumen to deny the miraculous. See, the Bible is a record book of miraculous and divine interventions. That's what it is. And if we look at the Bible without that, we're missing it. We're missing the gospel. The gospel isn't just words on a page. It's actually life. It's an invitation to the miraculous. It's an invitation for every one of us. See, we're called, we're created by a miracle-working God. He created us. That's a miracle in itself. That I have breath tonight. That I have life tonight. That's a miracle in itself. And see, we were created by his image, by, by the word, and deep in us, there's a yearning to actually to perform and to, to be in an atmosphere of the supernatural. It's, it's part of us. And we can see that pull in, in, in entertainment. We can see it. Everybody wants a supernatural experience. There's paranoia, ghosts, and anything supernatural people are drawn to. Why? Because it's innate. It's in us. It's who, see, the ability to create is seeing in the unseen realm and bringing it into the natural realm. Uh, what God wants to establish in this season is the miraculous in a greater way. I believe he wants to establish in every one of us the miraculous in a greater way. Do you have faith to believe for healings, breakthroughs, uh, dep depression to break off, deliverance in every single way over every single person you encounter? Do, do you have faith to believe for the miracles? I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles, and God wants us to believe in the miraculous because that's who he is. God can do a miracle. Um, I was in um, Calgary, as I was sharing, at this uh, conference uh, pursuit, and um, uh, just an incredible time. It was three nights, and um, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and this was in early February, and so um, we got to the last night, and uh, I got up to preach. It was a Sunday night. Uh, I preached, and at the end of it, That's a miracle. Um, and at the end of it, um, I, uh, I was, you know, there and I was going, um, I, just, I just really felt the Lord's voice saying, uh, go after healings, go after things. Even some of our team was texting and saying, there's going to be miracles. I'm like, okay. Like, God, you do the miracle, you know, you can use me. But, but God calls us to step off the ledge, take risks. And so, so it was at the end of the night. God did some incredible things, and I just, and you know, worship team was up there, and I'm just like, okay, okay, and I'm just like, God, what, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? And all of a sudden, I just, I just kind of said, um, is there somebody in, in this section over here that has pain in their body, that you have um, pain? You're in an automobile accident, and you have pain right now, and I pointed to this one section, and uh, we waited, and it got, let's just say it got awkward. Because nobody responded. And, and Gifty was there. She knows. She's like in the front trying to, you know, make me feel better. But, you know, like it was like, okay, guess you got it wrong. You know, she, she wasn't saying that. But, I mean, you, you could feel it. There were people that were never in church before. They're like, okay, what's happening here? Right? It was going on. And so it got awkward. So I said, well, who is that? And actually, God showed me who it was. I, there was a person there. But I knew she was freaked right out. And so then I didn't want to, like, 
point her out because I'm like, that's even more awkward. She, I don't know if she comes to church much. Like, this would be super awkward. So I just kind of waited, and I'm like, oh, I hope she puts her hand up because God wants to heal, you know? And so we wait, awkward, awkward. And all of a sudden, at the back, in, in the next section, there's a guy right at the back, and he puts his hand up. And I said, man, do you have pain? And he goes, yeah. I said, could you come to the front? So in front of everyone, this is just like straight up. He comes to the front, and I said, um, I said, hey, what's going on? I said, from 1 to 10, you got pain? He goes, I got pain right now to 7. I fell on some ice, so it wasn't an automobile accident for him. And he goes, I got pain in my back, and then he's on this side, and, and it just really hurts. I said, so you feel it right now? Yeah, I feel it right now. I said, can I pray for you? She's like, yeah, okay. Like, he's kind of like, what is this? What are you doing? Uh, like, he looked a little freaked out, and um, just a little. So I, I just, like, put my hand. I said, well, in Jesus' name, thank you that you're the healer. Da, 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 da. Heal him. And so quick prayer. I'm like, okay, check it out. He's like, he's like, I'm like, yeah, so, like, 1 to 10, where are we at? Well, yeah, no, like, it's, it's not there. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, one to ten, two, three, no, 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 like, no pain. So I said, like, you're, you're, there's no pain. Like, you've been healed. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I've been healed. So I'm like, man, God just really loves you. And I'm like, this is totally going to be weird you out, but could I hug you? Because the love of God is here, and he wants to tell you how much he loves you. And so I hug him, and, and Gifty was there, you can see it. He grabs my shirt, and... And as, we're, as I hugged him, he's, he's bigger than me, he's a bit taller, and all of a sudden he's like pulling me. I'm like, he's going to pull me right over. And, and he just starts bawling, like, like he's shaking, and, and you could feel the love of God. And I said, um, I said do, you, do you know Jesus? He goes, man, I, I've never been here before. I've never been there. I, I just walked in. I, I, don't, I don't really know what's going on. And I said, well, how's your back? It's It's good. And so I'm like, hey, could the worship team go on? Because, you know, we're kind of having a moment here, you know. And <laughs> awkward, still embracing. And, um, and so then I'm like, do you want to ask Jesus in your heart to be the Lord? And he's like, yeah. So I pray for him. He has Jesus into his heart. We unembrace. And then he, I move to this side. Then he comes over and he's like, well, I just saw Jesus on the cross. Um, how did I move over here? Did I leave my body? I'm like, like, he is tripping out. Like, he is like, I'm like, dude, it's okay. Have a seat. I'm like, well, could you share your testimony? He's like, how did I get across this room? I'm like, I'm like, okay, just take a minute. Let's take a deep breath. God was at work, and his story's still being written, and, and, and God's moving in his life, and something divine happened that night. And um, four days later, I get on a plane, uh, head to Ottawa, head from Ottawa to Callowit. Then uh, we get to a Cal minister in a Callowit um, for four nights at a church. And then we hop on a plane, and we're going to a small community called Kimarut. And I think I have the, I think the slides, you guys can, yeah. So there, there's the three locations we went to, and um, we were doing, I spoke seven times in ten days in the north, and we did two high school assemblies um, in, in uh, high schools. We had about 100 kids in each, in each assembly, and we got to speak in the daytime about hope. There is hope, and the folk of overcoming, and I got to speak about bullying and kind of my story and just like there's hope, but we just couldn't say Jesus. So I'm like, oh, I just pray I don't say Jesus because like we're going to get kicked out. And, but like it's, so it's hard to talk about hope without Jesus because hope is a person. His name's Jesus, you know? So, so it's like you get to that point, you're like, oh, I just want to pray right now and just like, ah, you know, but can't. And I got the teachers at the back doing this, just watching, you know? And um, 
And so, can't, and, and so we, we go into this community called Kimaru. And Kimaru was a community of about 450 people. We had not been there before. And uh, so we're getting on a plane, on a little plane. It's a little scary when you can see the pilot. And he turns around and tells you about the emergency landing procedures. And um, it's like, oh, I don't want to see you. Like, why can't we have a door here? Why, why are you so close? Why is there only eight seats? You know, why? why? And, and, and then when you look out and it's just tundra, like you learn in social studies about tundra, there's no trees, there's just rock and snow, and it's like we would die if we landed. Like, there's no place we're going to land. Like, if this plane's going down, we're going down, down. And so... And if that doesn't kill us, the polar bears are coming, you know? And so you're just like in the back of this plane, okay, here's the adventure. And so we, we get to Kimaru, but before we went, I just, we, we had no contact of a church. We don't, didn't know anyone had a church there. There was one Anglican church, but we didn't even know um, what, what that was like. And so all we had in Kimaru was one night, and we knew that we were going to be able to speak in the school. But that's it. So I'm like, okay, that's great. We could speak in the school, but then what? So we, we go and we, um, we get there, and, um, and all of a sudden, you know, we, we just pray. God, I said, God, we need a person of peace. The Bible says pray for a person of peace. So we pray, God, give us a person of peace. So we arrive. Our limo comes to pick us up at the one-house airport, and it's an F-150 truck with the fuel tank in the back and a box full of snow. Boys hop in the back of the box. And at minus 20, driving through the community, you know, in our, in our limo, and um, get to the co-op store and uh, go upstairs, and that's where we're staying. And so we check in. We come downstairs. We're like, let's buy some snacks, go in to buy some chips and pop. And all of a sudden, this lady comes up. Hi, are you, are you Travis? Yeah. Are you Stephen? Yeah. Hi, uh, I'm the lay reader at the Anglican Church. Would you like the key? Sure. <laughs> Don't break anything. Okay, we won't. Thank you. So we have a place to meet, like, like that. She just shows up. Here's a key. You can go. Okay, God, you're speaking. I guess she's the person of peace. And so we go to the school. We, we do our thing, and, and we're like, hey, we're at the church tonight. So the, the principal's like, hey, let's announce that they're at the church tonight. Okay, great. So um, in a community of 450, we gathered at 7 that night, and over 40-some people showed up at the church. And so we're at this little, little church. You can see the blue seats and uh, just this little church from a sound point of view. None of the amps worked. Nothing worked. It was just like, um, I don't know if they used the church. I'm not really sure. But we, we did some worship. But um, let's just say when you have kids running around, when you have uh, people that have not never been in church before, uh, it wasn't a traditional church service. And so my friend's doing worship. He just kind of did a worship concert because nobody knew the words. And so they just sat there and kind of watched it. And kids ran around. And then some of the elders like, shh, you know, to the kids. And, and so then they're like, okay, you're, you're trying to get up and speak. <laughs> it's like, oh, I feel the anointing in here, you know. It's just there's such a flow of worship, you know. It's just nothing. Like it's like faith is like minus, you know. You're just like there is no faith in the room. Everything that faith is inside of me, that's all I got, you know. And, um, but he's the author and perfecter of our faith. He brings it. And um, so I get up and I, and I spoke. I had like 15, 20 minutes, kids running. And, and, and it, it settled down remarkably. And I, and I preached on there's a God who sees us. He sees right where we're at. I, I just basically told the gospel. And I was trying to like, okay, how do I land this? How do I, how do I apply to the, to the six-year-old in the front and the 80-year-old at the back, you know? We got such a mix. And so 
Um, I come to the end and I said, you're in this place. You don't know Jesus. Bow your head. Close your eyes if you want to ask Jesus into your heart. And 20 hands went up that night. First time, never asked Jesus. And I, and I looked out, yeah. And I looked out, and you could see tears streaming down cheeks. Like, this was not just like, oh, I'm putting my hand up because that's the thing to do. I, I don't know the thing to do, but God's here kind of response. Like, they were responding. And so then I'm like, well, I want to really move into faith. I want, I want God to heal. There's so much brokenness, so much abuse, so much impossibility. And I'm like, how do I move into that? But yet... It's just, it's just a tough, people have not seen miracles here. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'll start to tell some stories of miracles. So everyone's, you know, we, we pray the sinner's prayer, everyone's heads up. And I'm like, I want to pray for people. And at that point, nobody were responding because they would have been freaked out. Like, what, what do you want to do? And so um, I just said, hey, I want to tell you a story. I was just in Calgary. And in Calgary, there was this guy in the back. It's kind of like you. And I point to this guy and I said, it's kind of like you. You were sitting there, and you had pain in your body, and, and, then I, and then you came forward. And so I told the story of Calgary. And I said, this guy comes forward. He has pain. God heals him, and I'm trying to build faith. Well, when I, when I pointed to this guy that's sitting at the back, he got, like, super nervous and, like, um, like, like awkward. And I'm like, shoot, like, I don't want to, like, single you out because he's going to leave or something, you know. I just embarrassed this guy, and everyone turns around. I'm like, no, not him. But, it, it, like, he was sitting where this guy was. So I, like, picked someone else, you know, and I tried to settle it down. And all of a sudden I said, so you're in this place, and you have pain. There's somebody here. You, you got chronic pain. God wants to heal it. Who is that? No word of a lie. That same guy puts his hand up. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you don't have to put your hand up. I, I wasn't referring to you. you, you I'm not picking it. He goes, no, like, I have pain, man. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so he put one hand up, but he couldn't put the other hand up. And my friend who was sitting at the back realized that all night he was like this because his shoulder, he had broke his wrist, but his shoulder was thrown out because he slipped and fell on ice. And it's been for weeks. The, everyone in the community knew him because he played volleyball, but he couldn't play volleyball anymore because of his arm. So I said, well, could you come to the front? So come to the front. We, we just pray for him. And all of a sudden, he's like doing this in front of everybody. And if you want to flip to the next slide, this is my friend Robert. And so Robert sitting at the back. This was a picture later. He, he got healed. He goes back to his seat. And I could watch him the whole time. I'm continuing. He's like doing this. He's like, he's like testing it. The whole time. Like he was like, we have it on video, him talking because he's freaked right out. He's like, I don't know what happened. I don't know. I got healed, you know. And he's like, something happened. Well, everybody in the room saw that. Everybody in the, new, in the room knew who Robert was when it's a small community. And so all of a sudden, hey, anyone want prayer? It's like, all coming down the aisle. It's like, okay, here we go. And so the, the next lady comes and she's like, um, I look pregnant. But I'm not. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> She's like, I, I, have, I, have, I have a mass in my stomach, and it's big. And, and, it's, and so, like, just, just terrible. She started talking about the abuse and everything that's going on. And we said, well, let's just pray. And I just felt like oppression and lies, and we just broke it off. And she just, like, looks at me, and she's like, something just popped in my stomach like a balloon. Like, something popped. And I'm like, okay, God's at work. Like, I have no idea what's going on. But I just know he, he knows. 
And he's our healer. He's, he's the one that sets free. And kids, we prayed for these kids just bawling from five years old, six years old. Uh, this guy comes in. We're setting. We're cleaning up. Some guy comes in. He's got a hearing aid. And I said, hey, man, can I pray for you? He's like, I just showed up. And he, I, he, I found out he didn't speak English. And so um, he's in a nuktatuk. So he's, he, he's there, and he just he stunk like fish. Like, I think he just filleted some fish or something, but he reeked. And I'm, like, trying to hold my nose. Like, it was that bad. And so I'm like, can you take your hearing aids? Can I pray for it? And he's just looking at me like, what is going on? And I'm like, I don't know. Faith is here. God wants to heal you. And he was like, he was like, he wanted our autograph later. I don't know if God completely healed him, but God was doing something in his heart. He followed us home. Like, he was like, where are you guys staying? Like, like God did something. See, God works when we step out. God wants to establish something when we step out. And, and you know what? Um, we, we, he wants to establish things. You know, we, we leave the next day. We get to the airport. We take our F-150 in the back of the truck to the airport. We get to the one-room house. We check in at the airport with our bags. And there's the other room that they check us in. in. And so the guy goes, hey, are you the people that were at the church last night? Uh, yeah, yeah, we were. Okay, how do you know about us? He goes, my six-year-old was there. Okay. She came home last night and said Jesus touched her. <laughs> I was like, where is this going to go? <laughs> and he's like, she said, Daddy, Jesus came and he touched me. And I'm not the same again. I felt him. And he said, she went to bed for the first time on time. She went to bed and she had no nightmares that I ever remember. She slept the whole night. So I don't know what you guys were doing, but that impacted me. That's what the guy's telling us. See, when, when we step out in faith, God establishes things. But God does the miracles. But we have to actually take his word for what it is and step into it. See, God, we believe you. You're the God of miracles. Anything can happen when you're in the room, Jesus. See, God wants to heal things tonight. Maybe you're in this place. He wants, to, he wants to break off pain. He wants to break off things. See, the blood of Jesus speaks a word in every circumstance. It's the blood of Jesus. It's, better, it's a better word than cancer. It's a better word than any sickness and any disease. It's because Jesus' blood never fails. Jesus' blood never fails. See, when we have the word and then we have faith, the miraculous can happen. See, it's the great I am that changes everything. It's the great I am that changes everything. I was just watching a YouTube video the other day of this lady, Delia Knox. Delia Knox was at a, a meeting. She's in a wheelchair for 22 years because of a drunk driver, and she got completely healed. She had feeling come into her legs because she said, the great I am, the author and perfecter of my faith, came and touched my legs and she walks onto the stage on this video and she just starts yelling hallelujah hallelujah I've been healed I've been healed I've been healed see God's the healer God is the provider see the process that we go through sometimes creates it creates a history that establishes us establishes a relationship with him and and beyond the, the miracles that take place see miracles are important but God will use each of us for miracles if we allow him, but yet the miracle isn't the end of the story. The miracle isn't the establishment. It's the establishment. Jesus is the end of the story. 
Jesus changes everything. See, if we aren't established in the Word, if we aren't established in faith and, and in Jesus, then the miracle will come and go, and we'll just move on, and we'll miss what He actually wants to do. See, God wants to establish more than just a miracle in our lives. He wants to establish a lifestyle. He wants to establish faith. He wants to establish us to, to see others come into the greatest breakthrough, to, to see us be conduits of the establishment. See, the establishment is more than us. And um, for me, being established, it, it's personal. And I'm believing God to establish things, whether it's in my family, whether it's mountains, whether it's things. And, and I continue to want establishment. And um, about in, in the middle of January, I went to a conference. I went out to Toronto, and I, um, I went to a revival conference. I just went to attend. And, and this guy comes up to me. He was one of the, the pastors. And he said, I believe that God's doing something. He started to pray over my heart. He didn't touch me. He, he didn't lay his hands on me. He maybe put his hand like this, but he, he didn't touch my heart. And, and I felt like God did something. If, and I'm not one to feel. I'm not one. I just know God's there. I know because of his word. But I felt like somebody punched me so hard or I was having a heart attack. It was one or the other. And it wasn't just when he prayed for me. It was for the next hour and a half, two hours later. I'm like, I'm either having a heart attack or you punch me really hard. He's like, I didn't touch you. I'm like, well, it really hurt. Like, it's like I feel pressure right here. And, and, and what God was doing was he was healing stuff in my heart. He was doing stuff in my heart. He was planting a word. He was planting things in my heart. He was establishing things that I couldn't even fully understand. I came home that Friday, and then Saturday I had some meetings and stuff, and, and I came and I just started to, if you ever, maybe, maybe you're not like me, but you, you, you know things, but then you get doubts, you get fears, you get things that go, ah, nothing really happened, God didn't do anything, that, that little annoying voice, you know, nothing happened, it's, it's the same, da, 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 saying in your mind. And, I, and I, I went into my room and I said, God, I thank you that you did something, and I thank you for your word. And I started to rethink the word that what he had spoken and what had happened and what was right in that moment. And I said, God, I thank you. It's done in heaven and I bring it down to earth. And one of the things that I was bringing in 20 minutes later, I got a text message or a thing on my phone that, that actually was a breakthrough for what I was contending for. Because why? Because I, I said over the word, I, I, I declared the word. I had faith to believe for the word. See, um, God wants to do something. Uh, Rachel, could you come and, and play? And, and um, What's being established in you tonight? What's the act of word that you're bringing before the Lord tonight? What's the act of promise, the thing that he's put on your heart? I, I believe he wants to say, don't give up. How does that look like in your identity as a son and daughter in Jesus? What are the areas of faith that you're employing right now? And what is the miracle that you're contending for to see Jesus do? Resurgence, um, this, this is, I sense as a community, this is more than just personal. As a community, I believe that God wants to establish something. It's a thing you're saying, we can do so
And so we, we, got, we got away in February. Some of you prayed for us, and, and we went, and, and we're going, God, what's the word that you want to establish? What's the faith we need? What's the miracles we require? What are those things that you want to do? And, and we came away with three things, three mandates, and I, I want to share them tonight because we're part of this. And I, I want us to put this in front because when we know the vision, we know where we're going. And, and there's three things that were really key that God highlighted. And the first thing, all of this came out of prayer. We spent time praying and seeking the Lord. Prayer has been our foundation. Prayer will always be the foundation. It needs to be our foundation. Prayer is key. And um, the first thing that really God highlighted was souls. Jesus changes everything. That's the reason why we're here. Because Jesus changes our lives. The the nation um, right now, Canada, seems quite dark. It seems impossible. But if we sense that God's saying like Genesis, where the Spirit of God is hovering over the darkness, He's waiting to touch down. He's waiting for the Word to be spoken. Will you speak the Word? Will you speak the Word until the Word becomes a reality of what's in front of you? Canada will be saved. Will you start to declare what's not until it becomes what is? See, there's something. And so God's establishing something in Canada. Our mandate has to be national, has to be Canada-wide. We have to see God move from coast to coast. We have to see souls. Missions has to be key. And it's not just some people on a stage, Travis going to the north, but it's how are we as a community sent every day? How do we live this? As Dean shared, how are we sent every day into the places we work? I mean worship, work. How do the places that, 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 that we live out our life and, and honor God, and how do we actually release His kingdom every day? How, how do we go? You know, Lauren Cunningham said this, we're either a missionary or a mission field. What are we? I don't know about you. Every time I hear that, I, I take a big swallow. That, that's hard to hear. We have to be about souls. Souls are key. And in this season, we're going to be finding ways. How do we empower? How do we release? How do we train up each of us to see souls, to see people who don't know Jesus come to him? We're not going to, yeah, we can do a few through some mission things, but if every one of us realize our role as missionaries, what would happen if every single one in this room came back and said, yeah, I saw 52 people come to Jesus in February? That'd be a lot of people represented in this room. It's going to look different for each one of us. I get it. But we have to say yes to that. Number two, uh, revival. Church impact. Um, This will impact churches. Resurgence, when we started, we're like, we want to see revival. We want to see um, um, his spirit move and rise in our lives. Like Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones, we speak breath over. And and the unique thing about resurgence is we are made up of so many churches, so many denominations. And we have a unique role that we're not a church. And so we can affect the water level of many churches, of many denominations. And we are. And so each one of you that are key, uh, it's important you're part of a local church. And when you go to that local church, you carry what God's doing. And you can impact and shift We can shift regions. We can shift cities. We can shift nations because of what we carry, what God's doing in and through us. See, it shouldn't just end at the altar. Revival isn't just for the altar. It's for the everyday. It's for Sunday morning. It's for Monday morning. It's for Tuesday morning. It's for every single day. God wants to revive the church. God wants to bring us into a greater spiritual renewal. 
that we see the, the giftings and the fullness of the Spirit at work. And the third thing is leadership development. Is um, Leadership development is funneling people closer to Jesus. Every one of us are leaders. Every one of us, um, there's a leader in every chair. We've said that phrase. Every one of us are leaders. And so um, if we're going to see souls reach, if we're going to create the future of innovation and revive churches in a nation, we need each one of us to step into the call each one of us have for leadership and ministry. We're all ministers and we're all leaders. It's not just a few people on a stage. We're all ministers and we're all leaders. And so we're going to focus on ministry development in the sense of leadership development. And, and they all flow together. When you have souls, it's going to impact churches, which is going to impact leaders, and those leaders are going to rise up and reach more souls. It, they all tie in together. And so that's just a snapshot, but I just I wanted to share that tonight to put that in front of you. So if you're praying, if you're praying for resurgence, if you're saying, I need to get involved, maybe you say, I need to get part of this. So we're just not up at the front going, hey, come partner with us, pray with us. We're not trying to build a ministry. We're trying to build people that are going to reach people for Jesus. We're, we're going we're gonna to impact churches and we're going to develop leaders to impact the globe. See, Ezekiel uh, 22:30 said, God's looking for a people that will stand in the gap on behalf of a land. I don't know about you, but I think we're called to be those people. I know he's called me for such a time as this. And it's bigger than a few. It's just bigger than me. It's bigger than our team. Just maybe you're called to be part of something he's establishing on this earth. I don't know what it looks like. I'm just saying God wants to establish his kingdom on earth in a greater way. And it's time for all of us to get into the game and off the bench. Um, we're all sinners without the grace of God, sentenced to death. But because of Jesus, everyone desires this chance that we've had. That's the reason why I'm here. It's the reason you're here. Maybe, maybe you don't know Jesus. He, he wants to know you tonight. But the reason most of us are here, most of us, you know, the reason why I'll go freeze in the Arctic, why? Because there's a generation that needs to know Jesus. There's a nation that's dying on our watch. That same power has changed each one of us, and God wants to use us. The establishment is simple. People are dying without the gospel. I fought the good fight is what I want to say at the end of my life. I gave it all. I didn't give some of it because my priorities are torn. I, I didn't give in, but I, I, I want to give everything I have. And I want to see a community of people in this city give everything they have for the sake of the gospel. To establish something, to, to do something, to have the word in our hearts, but to be people of faith and then actually walk into the miracle of supernatural. Because we're made for miracles. We're made for the flow of the supernatural. Moses had a word to take a people from Egypt in, into the promised land, and it took faith and it took miracles to see it happen. Joseph had a, a dream of ruling, and yet he went into the pit, and it's in the pit that God established him so that he could move to the palace. David was in the sheep field. He was anointed king, but he had to be established in who he was. He had to watch over the word. Even though he was anointed and all the kerfuffle happened, he still, he learned by the killing of the sheep and the bear, or the lion and the bear, 
and in, and in being in the cave with the rejects and training up the mighty men, it was there that David became established in what God wanted to do. See, God established him in that season, in that process, in that thing. Noah pushed on despite 65 years of process. He went into the boat without a drop of rain, but he went into the boat. It looks stupid when the rain hasn't hit yet. And I sense as I prayed for tonight, and we're going to close in a moment here, I sense God saying, um, it's a new season. It's a season of rain. It's a season of rain. It's a season of rain. I see a cloud in the distance the size of a man's hand. Uh, What I sense to say over myself tonight, but over each one of us tonight, is that some are being established tonight. You've been in a waiting, you've been in a process, you've been in this thing because you've said yes long ago. And you've watched over the word, you've watched, you've believing in faith, and you're in that in-between space. And I believe that there's there's the miraculous here to step you into the establishment, to break you into the breakthrough tonight. God wants to break through in in you. And and there's others that God's planting seeds right now in this season that that are seeds, seeds of character, seeds that he's planting and he say, don't give up. I'm watching over my word to perform it. I'm going to do a good work in you and it's time to be encouraged because I'm establishing in you. And when I establish you, nothing can happen. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can come in your way because it's I who establish you. See, it's a heart thing, but it's also a miracle thing. In, in 2 Kings 3, the army of the Lord get to a place they run out of water. There's no water and it had been seven days, they got no water, and, and Elisha comes along and he says, dig ditches in the valley. Um, excuse me, it's hot out, we have no water. We're gonna dig ditches in the valley? Hello, crazy again. You're, you're from the same Noah family, you know, crazy. Faith. And they had a word, they exercised faith, and what happened was they woke up in the morning and all the ditches were filled with water. But that wasn't quite the miracle that happened. The miracle was God provided, but they actually went on and had victory because of it. It wasn't the end point. The miracle wasn't the end point, but he established a life. See, God wants to establish you. God wants to establish me. He wants to work through us to see a legacy beyond what we can imagine. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of Resurgence. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com.